listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show, and I'm excited that you're here on a special episode of the Rainmaking Podcast. Now, our show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence, Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Now, our guest today is me. I am my own guest, but no, I'm not going to be talking to myself, asking myself questions. I'm going to actually turn this into a learning moment and share with you ideas that I think will help you to reach your goals for the rest of 2023. At the time of this recording, we're halfway through the year. Congratulations, but we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Before I get into that, I wanted to make two announcements. One of them is, as you know, I recruit lawyers for big law firms. I recruit partners and do small firm mergers into big firms. But one thing I also do is speak professionally at conferences, all types of business conferences. If it's a group of CEOs, a group of salespeople, those in professional services, that's the kind of group I'm looking for. My website is scottlove.com. I speak on recruiting and sales, and I'll use game theory as a lens through which we look to make it interesting. Uh, And I probably will be doing maybe about five to 10 non-legal, non-recruiting industry gigs this year. So if you come across any events, have your meeting planner reach out to me, or I also work with several speakers bureaus. So I just wanted to tee that up. If there's something that I can do for you in terms of your group, speaking at your group, I use a lot of humor and uh, I make it fun and interesting. And I've been speaking for about 20 years professionally. And then secondly, one thing I launched recently Because I get a lot of recruiters that ask me to help them on some of their situations, I'm launching a group coaching program very soon. In fact, you can check that out today. It's called The Placement Club. Go to www.theplacementclub.com. Check it out. Take a tour. It's free to join. There's over 20 hours of resources for recruiters. So if you're in the recruiting industry, check that out. Every other week, I do a free recruiting workshop. Plus, there's some other subscription components to that as well, but it's called theplacementclub.com. Now, let me get into the topic for today. Today, I'm talking about measuring yourself halfway through the year. Now, one thing that I learned when I was at the Naval Academy, we learned about navigation, and this was before they had GPS. We were starting to use Loran Charlie, which would triangulate our position on the water if you're in a sailboat. We would also use what's called dead reckoning. We would look at the direction our ship is sailing. We would look at our velocity, and we would look at the distance that we traveled, and we could pretty much project where we would end up if we were on that same direction at that same velocity velocity over time. And that's exactly how we can do that with setting goals. So I'm going to share with you a model of goal setting. And this is something I'd recommend that you listen to when you can take notes. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to put the bullet points of what I'm talking about in the show notes section. So if you don't have time to actually sit and listen to this and take notes, just go to the show notes section and you'll be able to copy and paste that on a Word document. And that might be a format for you in terms of setting your goals for this year. So when we look at our annual goals, I always recommend looking at six different categories. The first one is your business, your work. If you're an executive within an organization, that is your job. If you own a company, that is your company. But that's number one. What are your goals for this year in terms of your business? And I recommend setting annual goals. And whenever I would coach people, I would ask them to look at two or three 
measurable results that they want to achieve for the year. Now, if you haven't thought about that in a while, that's why we do a mid-year check-in just to see what are your goals? What are the two or three things you want to accomplish for this year? And how far are you in the path to accomplishing that? What percentage are you to actually reaching that goal? Now, I will be honest with you. Some people, when they hear this, oh, that's right, it's halfway through the year. I really haven't thought about my annual goal for the year. That's okay. No judgment. Don't feel bad. We just make a change. We're going to change. We're going to come left or we're going to go right. Or we're going to say, okay, now I need to clarify what that goal is and I have it in my sights. And sometimes just making the decision to have the goal, that's a victory for you. As we measure ourselves, sometimes just even asking ourselves these questions, how am I in terms of reaching my goal? What percentage am I to complete it? That causes an immediate change, an immediate improvement in what we're actually doing that increases the odds of hitting that goal. So the question I have for you, and you don't have to send your answer to me, of course, but write it down on a Word document, on a yellow sticky note, within your computer, and whatever sort of goal-setting system you use, it doesn't matter as long as you do something, but write down what are the two or three things you want to accomplish for the rest of this year. Number two, personal finances. Now, some people say, well, these aren't really the most important things in my life. It's my family. It doesn't matter what order you rank these in. I like to start with business because, hey, we're business people. We think about work all the time. Let's just start with that. And what does that lead to? It leads to money in our pocket for ourselves and resources for our family. So that's personal finances. What goals have you set for this year? What percentage are you to complete it? And two, I think, easy ways to think about that are, number one, how much debt do you want to pay down if you have debt and how much do you want to invest? I also think it's good if you have a house of worship or a charity that's important to you. What percentage do you want to give to those charities that are important to you in terms of your finances? And I've noticed that whenever I set a goal that involves a charity and a certain percentage, then I tend to pay more close attention to how the outgo is. When I know that I'm giving some of it away, I pay attention to what am I really spending it on. Goal number three, family goals. Now, I don't think every single goal needs to be tangible and measurable and realistic and I think sometimes it can just be an attitude, such as only kind words. And it's just a realization that maybe you need to listen more than before you talk. Maybe ask your family how they're doing before you tell them about your day. But it can also be what sort of date nights do you want to have with your significant other? What sort of activities do you want to do together as a family? Even what are the values that motivate you and your family? What are the core values and the purpose of your family? Think of it as an organization. It is. It's a collection of individuals that have a goal. Can that bring you closer to your family members? What if one of your goals was service work or charity and you were able to get involved and do family activities serving a worthy charity together? That's something that we've done within our little family, and it's made a huge difference. And that's something I've tried to teach both my kids is that it's not about you. It's not all about you. It is about other people. And the secret of happiness in life is to help other people without any expectation of return. So number four, physical fitness. How much weight do you want to lose? I mean, those darn scales, I hate those things. But, you know, I need to start measuring that a little bit more. Maybe you need to get a coach or talk with your physician if there's any sort of health issues. 
But when you're very deliberate about what you want to accomplish in terms of physical fitness and you write those goals down, well, then you're going to question what you eat. Do I really need to eat all of that dessert? Or could a taste or two bites satisfy and be just as good as me eating the whole darn thing? So physical fitness, when you write it down, what are the tangible goals that you want to accomplish in physical fitness? I think that gives you a little bit more motivation to actually get it done. And then, of course, we want to back all of these goals into monthly goals and weekly targets. And number five, recreational goals. I think it's good to think of what is it that you want to do when you're retired? If you don't have your whole identity wrapped up in work, someday you might not want to work forever and you want to let some things go, why not start a hobby right now? In fact, I think in his book that Winston Churchill wrote called Painting as a Pastime, he talks about when you're focused at work, you can't just say, I'm going to stop thinking about things because your mind is still going. So you want to focus on something that has nothing to do with work, something that you truly enjoy, like art or music, or it could be a recreation or something like that. And he said that when you focus your energies and your thinking on that craft, then it gives you strength and it gives you healing that you can bring back to your work. So if you don't have any sort of hobby, what is a hobby that you could get? What are the goals that you would have in terms of your hobby? I think it's important to carve out mental space to committing and achieving certain goals related to recreation. And I'm not saying become a competitive artist, although I love art, but, you know, it's not really competitive. It's basically an outlet where I get to think, and, and I do watercolor art. I've been doing watercolor art for 20 years. I've been taking oil lessons for about a year, and that's my goal is I want to be a professional level artist with oils painting Western scenes at some point so that way, hey, maybe I'll move to Santa Fe and hang my art in a fine art gallery. Why not? But the downside of doing art is that even if it's a bad painting, you're still doing art. The downside of golf is that even if you play bad golf, you're still playing golf. So find a hobby. What recreational goals do you have for this year and how far are you at achieving those goals? And then finally, last but not least, is mental health. This is something that's important to everybody. Do you need to see a counselor? Do you need to spend time in areas that are healthy for you mentally? What action steps could you take to grow in your mental strength? I think it's worthy of writing down your goals. This is what's interesting in today's world compared to 10 years ago, even five years ago. I think, especially with COVID, it kind of gave us a shock that we can see how quickly things can go from bad to worse and how it affects us mentally. And if your mental health is impacted, everything else is going to be impacted also. Be honest with yourself about how you're spending time and how it impacts your mental health and what action steps can you take to grow in that area. And in fact, what would be some goals that you'd like to achieve in your mental health? Now, I'm going to share with you some final thoughts for today. I would also recommend documenting at the end of the day several different variables. One of them could be key performance indicators that would lead up to your annual goals. When you look at each of your annual goals, what are those action steps that lead up to it? And what are the results of those action steps so that you can actually now document your progress on the way to hitting one or two of those goals? Now, if you document that and you see that you're trending down, well, you're not going to hit that goal. What action steps can you take to ameliorate that situation and improve that? 
One thing I've started doing, I document several different key performance indicators. And here's a couple of examples. For people who are in sales, they might look at number of conversations, which leads to sales presentations, which leads to sales. Those are three different metrics that they can measure. And they can also have a trend and see what is the ratio between one and two and three so that they can kind of make an adjustment. If they see that the ratio is skewed over time, well, that might mean that they need to qualify their prospects a little bit better or work on their closing skills or getting referrals or something like that. That gives them intel. It gives them intelligence on where they need to make changes when they pay attention to what those metrics are and even what those ratios are between certain metrics. If you're in the recruiting industry, it could be your interview to placement ratio. If you're in professional services, what if you set a goal to make a meaningful contact with at least three people every week, people that are prospects or are potential referring partners. And I'm not talking about cold calls. I'm just talking about make a commitment to connect with at least three people each week. It could be a conference chair. It could be somebody that saw you speak on a panel, something like that. And then it leads to introductions. And if you can start looking at ratios between reach outs and introductions, then you're going to get somewhere in terms of seeing what the trends are. So that's step one in terms of things that you want to document at the end of every day. What are those key performance indicators that lead to your long-term success? And then number two and number three, let me tell you what I've started doing every day since about 2017. I keep an Excel spreadsheet where I keep my documentation of my key performance indicators, but I also, at the end of every day, I document, number one, my greatest achievement for the day. What was the one thing that I did that I did really well? Did I submit a new partner candidate to a firm? Did I get an interview arranged between a partner candidate and a firm? Was I able to get introduced to a meeting planner for a potential presentation? What are those achievements? And I think when you document that, that does two things. Number one, it validates that you're on the right path. And number two, when you have those days that you doubt yourself, now you've got something you can look at that can reinforce what you're doing and it can give you strength and confidence. And then the other thing that I document at the end of the day are greatest lessons learned. What are the biggest lessons that I learned today? Maybe I didn't get back to somebody quick enough. Maybe I forgot to respond to an email. Maybe I did something that didn't get me the result I wanted, and I document that. And what I found, especially in the lessons learned column, that gives me data that I can use to make changes. And so about once every month or so, I'll go back and I will look at that column, especially of lessons learned. And I'm looking for me repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. And now I know that I've got an issue. I've got something I need to work on. Maybe there's some sort of a virtue that I could adopt that could keep me from doing that. Maybe there's a system I can create to keep me from making that same mistake over and over again. Maybe I can find a way to delegate that to one of my colleagues so I don't make that mistake again. And I also believe, like I've said before, that sometimes awareness is in itself a correction. By being aware to what those deficits are, and now you can make changes, you are going to increase the odds of reaching those goals. That's the end of what I wanted to share with you today. Make sure that you check out the show notes for some of the uh, bullet points that I mentioned today. 
And please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. If you even have people that you'd love to have on this show, please let me know. We've got a really good lineup coming up this summer, heading into the fall. But I'm always open to other authors and experts on topics related to client development to have on the show. And if you've got a minute, please make a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. I'd appreciate that. And if there's some of our previous guests that you'd like to mention, I know they would appreciate that also. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk with you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.